was Prince Harry, because of his celebrity status, was he given some kind of preferential treatment? It's our view that everyone should be treated equally before the law. US immigration law should be applied forcefully and fairly without any kind of favour given to individuals applying. This is the Daily Signal podcast for Friday, September 8th. I'm Virginia Allen, and that was Niall Gardner, the director of the Margaret Thatcher Center for Freedom here at the Heritage Foundation. Niall formally served as the foreign policy researcher for former British Prime Minister Margaret Thatcher. And according to Gardner, Prince Harry may have received special treatment when granted his visa to come to the United States. Today on the Daily Signal podcast, we are diving into that discussion and that question with Niall Gardner of did Prince Harry receive special treatment on his visa application? The question stems from conversations around Prince Harry's drug usage, something he admits to in his recent book, Spare. Visa applicants are asked about their drug usage on their application. And so there's questions about whether Prince Harry disclosed that information and was still granted a visa or whether he did not disclose that information on his visa application. Well, Heritage has actually filed a lawsuit against the Department of Homeland Security in order to receive access to Prince Harry's visa application to find out whether the royal disclosed his prior drug usage or not. Stay tuned for my conversation with Niall after this. Looking for quick conservative policy solutions to current issues from America's outpost here in Washington? Sign up for Heritage's weekly newsletter, The Agenda. You'll get top conservative research, a rundown of important events happening here at Heritage that you can watch online, and hot takes from our experts. Sign up at heritage.org agenda or at the link in the show notes. It is my privilege today to be joined by Niall Gardner. Niall is the director of the Margaret Thatcher Center for Freedom at the Heritage Foundation and formerly served as the foreign policy researcher for former British Prime Minister Margaret Thatcher. Niall, thanks for being with us today. It's great to be here, Virginia. Thanks very much for having me on the show. Well, we are diving into a topic that is of interest to individuals both in America and in the UK, and that is Prince Harry. Now, Prince Harry, he lives in America now, specifically in California, and he acquired a visa in order to move to America with his wife, Meghan Markle. But Niall, the Heritage Foundation is questioning whether Prince Harry received special treatment in order to receive that visa from the Department of Homeland Security. And Heritage has actually filed a lawsuit against the Department of Homeland Security in an effort to learn whether the royal did receive any special treatment. So Niall, why does Heritage suspect that Prince Harry might have received special treatment in his visa application process? Yeah, those are great questions. And uh, so the Heritage Foundation's oversight uh, project, which is headed by Mike Howell, uh, has taken the Department of Homeland Security to federal court in order to secure the release of Prince Harry's immigration application. So it's become a big court case, actually, a very high-profile case. It's attracted immense interest on both sides of the Atlantic. And the reason why Heritage has taken DHS to court is, is because we believe that there is a, a strong chance that Prince Harry received preferential treatment with regard to his visa application. 
Now, Prince Harry admitted to a very extensive and widespread drug use in his memoir, Spare, which was released earlier this year back in January. It was a best-selling book, and Harry was very frank about his very widespread use of a whole range of illegal drugs. And uh, we are asking for accountability and transparency from the, the Biden administration, specifically from the Department of Homeland Security, with regard to Prince Harry's application. We want to know whether or not Harry lied on his application and whether he was given some kind of special waiver by U.S. authorities. Now, in many cases, applicants for a U.S. visa who admit to uh, drug use are denied entry to the mm -hmm. United States. In fact, there, there are a large number of cases like this. And therefore, uh, whilst Prince Harry, because of his celebrity status, because of perhaps connections he may have in the United States, was he given some kind of preferential treatment? It's our view that everyone should be treated equally before the law. Mm -hmm. U.S. immigration law should be applied forcefully and fairly without any kind of uh, favor given to individuals applying. So we believe there is a very strong public interest in terms of the release of Harry's uh, records. And if Harry uh, lied on his application, that is a very serious offense. That would be perjury. It would be a federal uh, offense. And normally in those situations, individuals who have lied on immigration applications would be asked to leave the country. Mm. And so the stakes are very high, certainly for Prince Harry. Uh, we do not know exactly what he put down on his immigration application. Uh, and that's why we're asking for transparency, accountability from uh, U.S. officials with regard to his application. And we believe there is a very strong public interest in the release of those records. Mm -hmm. You have previously said that there's three possibilities for uh, that visa process and how it played out. You've answered one that, you know, when asked on his application, uh, have you have you used drugs before? There's a possibility that Prince Harry lied. Uh, you've mentioned, though, there, there's two other possibilities for kind of the handling of that visa application. Could you explain those? Yeah. So if uh, if Harry was honest and forthright in terms of his uh, his application, then there should have been full scrutiny uh, of that of that application. Uh, and so if anyone who ticks a box saying they have used drugs, uh, those individuals are subject to uh, further interview, further questioning by U.S. authorities. So we want to establish whether that was the case. Mm -hmm. So certainly one possibility is that Harry uh, may have lied on his application uh, and not revealed the full extent of his drug use. Uh, a second possibility is that he was fully uh, honest uh, with regard to his, uh, his, his drug use. Um, and there is the possibility that his application did not receive the full scrutiny it should have received. Mm. I think there's there's a, full, a third possibility uh, whereby uh, he fully disclosed what was on his application. Uh, there was some kind of scrutiny with regard to his application, but the U.S. authorities decided to just give him a pass. Mm -hmm. And so there are a number of different scenarios that could have taken place here. So we want to establish the, uh, the facts yeah. uh, with regard to his application. Uh, and it's absolutely unacceptable if Harry, uh, if his application did not receive the scrutiny that it should have. It's also unacceptable uh, if he was given some kind of uh, preferential waiver mm -hmm. when thousands of others have had their visas denied. 
It's also unacceptable if he lied on his application. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And if he did lie on his application, that is a perjury offence. Uh, and that should result in deportation. Now, the Heritage Foundation Oversight Project filed a Freedom of Information Act request, or a FOIA, in order to gain those records of this application. And the Department of Homeland Security denied that request. Why did they say they denied it? Yeah, so um, DHS categorically have refused to release uh, Harry's immigration application, even though uh, many individuals have had their immigration applications uh, released uh, publicly if there is deemed to be a public interest. Mm -hmm. And so there have been hundreds of cases where immigration records have been uh, released in the past. Now, DHS is arguing that uh, they cannot release the records on the grounds of protecting uh, Prince Harry's privacy. Mm. They say he's a private individual. Uh, They argue that uh, his immigration record should not be released to the general public uh, in order to protect uh, the privacy of of somebody who has applied uh, for a U.S. visa. Now, um, in our view, uh, Prince Harry is a huge public figure. He has spoken extensively about his drug use, not only in his own memoir, but also in a series of television interviews as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Prince Harry is one of the most public figures in the world today. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is a household name in the United States and across much of the world. Yeah. And so to argue on the grounds of privacy uh, that his record should not be released, uh, I, I think is, is a ludicrous uh, argument mm-hmm. uh, because he has been so open about his own drug use. And therefore, we are arguing that there is a public interest in knowing exactly what he put on his immigration uh, application. And so this argument about defending Prince Harry's privacy is a ridiculous argument. It's an example of stonewalling. It's the refusal on the part of the Biden administration to act in an open and transparent uh, manner. They're basically just parroting the talking points which Prince Harry and Meghan Markle have used in the past about protecting their, their privacy when uh, at the end of the day, they are two of the most public figures in the world who have been extremely open about their own lives. Prince Harry has been uh, remarkably open about his his drug use, illegal drug use. Uh, And therefore, we believe uh, that his records, immigration application, should be open to public scrutiny. The American people should be able to see exactly what Prince Harry put down Mm -hmm. uh, on his immigration records. Well, and to that end, uh, the Heritage Foundation has filed a lawsuit in order to gain access to that information. Where does that lawsuit stand right now? Yeah, so um, there was a federal court hearing uh, in June, uh, that, which was the first hearing uh, to uh, discuss uh, Prince Harry's immigration records case. Uh, that hearing was very detailed. It lasted about an hour and a half. Uh, lawyers from the Heritage Foundation uh, delivered evidence, and lawyers on behalf of the Biden administration uh, delivered evidence as well. Um, there will be a second uh, hearing held most likely in the fall. We do not have an exact date yet. Uh, there could be a whole series of hearings held, uh, but this has become a big issue of public interest, uh, and there will be at least one further federal hearing. Uh, the, the judge presiding over the case made it clear that he'll ultimately issue a ruling on the release of Prince Harry's uh, records as to whether or not they should be released. So there will be a resolution to this uh, this issue. Uh, And we are certainly fighting to win this case. Uh, And we believe that we have uh, public opinion 
and the public interest on our side. A Newsweek poll came out recently which showed that 54% of Americans support the release of Prince Harry's immigration records. This case has attracted a great deal of public attention. It has also uh, uh, resulted in a very significant media interest in the United States and the United Kingdom and across, uh, across the world, actually. In fact, it's become a big public story. Uh, so there's intense public scrutiny of what is happening. And ultimately, this issue will be resolved in the federal court mm. uh, in Washington, D.C. And so the Biden administration can seek to stonewall all they like. But at the end of the day, this issue will be decided by a federal judge in a federal court here in Washington, D.C. Mm. Well, and Capitol Hill has gotten a little bit involved in this matter as well. Florida Representative Greg Stubbe has introduced an act called the SPARE Act, which stands for Substance and Possession Abuse Restrictions uh, for Entrance. But, of course, the name is also a nod to Prince Harry's book that you mentioned, SPARE. But what is the SPARE Act, if you would just explain that for a moment? Well, the SPARE Act, in essence, basically calls for the the strict enforcement of U.S. immigration law. And it, it basically uh, uh, declares that anyone found to have um, violated uh, immigration law in terms of misleading statements, for example, over drugs, uh, they, they should be um, dealt with uh, under the full force of the law. Uh, and, um, and so the, the legislation basically, in, in essence, calls for the enforcement of existing immigration law. Uh, and um, in my view, I think this is just the beginning of uh, what is likely to be uh, growing congressional interest in the Prince Harry uh, immigration uh, issue. Mm. Uh, and um, with good reason, the act is named the Spare Act, recognizing Prince Harry's uh, admission of extensive drug use. Uh, and Congressman Stuby here is is simply calling for the enforcement of U.S. immigration laws, mm. holding to account those individuals who may have lied on their immigration applications. This is a very serious matter. Uh, and uh, I'm in no doubt that we will see um, uh, growing and intense congressional interest in the Prince Harry issue. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. In fact, there are already, I, I think, a number of U.S. senators who are interested in this, in this case. Mm -hmm. It's become a big media story. Um, and, and I think that uh, we will see the floodgates opening in terms of congressional interest in what is happening and members of Congress really calling for accountability and transparency from, uh, from, the, uh, from the Biden uh, administration. Mm -hmm. Now, you still travel to the UK frequently. What is the public's opinion in the United Kingdom of Prince Harry, and are they following this situation? Yes, uh, there is a lot of uh, public interest in the UK um, in the Prince Harry immigration case. In fact, I was in London just a few weeks ago, and I spoke to uh, several uh, members of parliament uh, who were closely following uh, developments. And uh, I, I would say that uh, the Prince Harry immigration uh, case has attracted not only intense public interest and media interest in the UK, but also political interest as well. Uh, and it's a well-known case uh, among uh, members of parliament in the UK. And every single MP that I spoke to, and I spoke to dozens, um, were fully aware of this case mm. and were closely following it. 
and were eagerly awaiting news about further developments. And so uh, it's attracted a lot of public interest in, in the UK. It will it'll attract more and more interest as, uh, as the court case uh, unfolds. Um, and although I did hear some concerns expressed by people in the UK that uh, the last thing they wanted was Prince Harry sent back to, uh, to, to Britain. And so there are, there are people nervous in the, the UK of, of a return by Prince Harry. But I, I would say this, if Prince Harry had to leave the United States, most likely he'd go to Canada mm. or somewhere else rather than the United Kingdom, where he's very unpopular. Mm. Uh, Harry and Meghan are deeply unpopular figures uh, in Great Britain. They would not be welcomed over there. <laughs> and so if Harry did have to leave the United States, I, I think his most likely destination would be uh, would be Canada or France or somewhere like that. Mm, fascinating. Now, Prince Harry has uh, has also faced some legal trouble in the UK itself, correct? Involving uh, payment over police protection. Is that right? Yes. So uh, Harry's been involved in all ca- kinds of cases in, in the UK, mainly where he's been suing uh, newspapers in, mm. in Britain over various uh, stories. And um, Prince Harry uh, famously, of course, uh, was denied um, the continuation of his official police protection. The, the reason for that is because Prince Harry is no longer a working royal. He does not represent the royal family, he does not work on behalf of the royal family, on behalf of the British people. And therefore, he should not, he should not expect to have the British taxpayer pay for the protection of himself and his family when he visits the UK. Mm-hmm. And so some of the legal action has revolved around the issue of, of uh, uh, police protection in Britain, but, but most of his legal action has uh, revolved around um, Prince Harry suing British uh, newspapers. Mm. For what I assume are some negative stories. Yes. Or what he I, takes I, I would, as I would, negative stories. I would say that the overwhelming press coverage of Prince Harry and Meghan Markle is, is very negative mm. uh, in, in Britain. Uh, and... Uh, Prince Harry, of course, has stepped away from the royal family. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He is not a working royal mm-hmm. and therefore should not expect the protection, the taxpayer-funded protection that working royals get. In fact, I would say that Prince Harry and Meghan Markle have done all they can to undermine the royal family and the British monarchy in the course of the last two or three years or so. Mm. Uh, their relentless attacks upon the royal family have been very unpopular with the British public. Uh, and uh, they have become two of the most unpopular figures, I would say, of recent times in the United Kingdom as a result of their relentless uh, attacks on the on the British family, on the institution of the British monarchy. Uh, they're also seen increasingly as politically active, active figures in the United States mm-hmm. involved with political causes. Uh, and they have been identified very much in the UK as part of the sort of the woke uh, left-wing political agenda. Uh, and and a lot of lot of Brits dislike it when uh, royals get involved in politics. Really, mm, mm. they like the separation. It kept. Yes, it, exactly. Yeah. Even if they're non-working royals, the view in Britain is that members of the royal family should not engage in any way in what are seen to be politically uh, related causes. Mm. Fascinating. Well, Niall Gardner, thank you so much for your time. We're going to be following uh, this case as it moves. Uh, through the courts with the Department of Homeland Security. Thank you so much for your time. It's my pleasure. Many thanks, Virginia. And with that, that's going to do it for today's episode of the Daily Signal podcast. You can find all of Niall's reporting and research at heritage.org. You can also find Niall's pieces at dailysignal.com. 
If you haven't had the chance, make sure that you check out our evening show right here in this podcast feed where we bring you the top news of the day. Also take a moment to subscribe to the Daily Signal podcast wherever you like to listen and help us reach more listeners by leaving a five-star rating and review. Have a wonderful weekend. We'll see you right back here on Monday morning. The Daily Signal podcast is brought to you by more than half a million members of the Heritage Foundation. Executive producers are Rob Bluey and Kate Trinko. Producers are Virginia Allen and Samantha Asheris. Sound designed by Lauren Evans, Mark Guiney, and John Pop. To learn more, please visit DailySignal.com.